0: Greetings, everyone. This is Eric Stewart from Fishing Fanatics, and I got an awesome guest today, Brian New, who is an Elite Series angler. How are you doing, Brian? I'm good, man. Hope you are. I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I'm excited to dive into this because I love the story of how you got to where you are today fishing the Elite Series, but let's bring it all the way back to possibly your childhood, and what got you hooked in bass fishing in the first place?
1: Yeah, you know, I grew up on Lake Wiley. We lived on the lake, and you know, me and my brothers, we were you know, we just, we're always outside. We are always fishing for whatever we're to buy. You know, we typically not really bass. We've seen the, you know, the big fancy bass boats come by the dock fishing. And we always kind of like, oh man, that looks fun. You know, those guys know what they're doing. Um, yeah, there was a tackle store opened up up the street from a house about a mile. And they had a little, uh you know, it was a convenience, sli- convenience store slash tackle store. And they had a grill. So, you know, we would go up there to get some food. We, you know, back in the day, you know, your six, seven year old kid could walk a mile up the street and, and, uh, you know, not think much of it and just kind of started hanging out up there, become really good friends with the guys, you know, Earl Hill and his son EJ and, and really all the guys that hung out there. And, uh, that was my first job. Uh, you know, I'd sweep floors after, sco- after school and, uh, take out the trash and it just kind of went from there. You know, Uh, um, I had a had a family, a church, a church guy. Um, you know, he started taking me fishing even before that and, uh, kind of, you know, he bass fished and, and that was, you know, kind of how between the tackle store and, uh, and, you know, him taking me fishing, that's how it kind of switched over to bass more than just whatever would bite.
0: Gotcha. What was that like biggest leap? Like, cause I know a lot of guys have like different stories about like, this is like the moment in time where I knew I got hooked on it. Was there anything like that where it was like, you know what, this moment really like kind of made a break kind of like my entire career. And I was like, this is when I knew I loved fishing.
1: You know, like I just, I remember always loving fishing. you know, just whatever. And, and as it kind of, I mean, I was close to 30 years ago, whenever it, kind of switched to strictly bass fishing but uh you know and I shouldn't even say strictly bass fishing I mean I love catching everything you know in, a, in the winter go out here to Lake Murray and catch striper that's kind of what I do in the winter and but I don't know I guess it was kind of a soft transition you know it still was you know I like catching catfish and everything back then and one day it just you know the the bass fishing kind of just took hold and you know, I, I seen that there was a potential for a career, you know, at, obviously not at that young of an age, but I knew that the career was there and that's what I decided I wanted to do. And, you know, fortunately enough, you know, I've been very, very fortunate and blessed to be able to do so. But it took, you know, my entire life, everything I did in my life was to make sure that that would, you know, I would have that, the best chance possible
0: that for this. Let's talk about your professional career because when I was looking back on it, I mean, you got some some awesome things here. Like in the FLW, you got 44 top 10 wins or top 10 placements there. You also mess around too with the Bassmaster Open. You got the Angler of the Year on the Opens there in 2020. Um, take us through kind of that stepping stone of like, did it start with FLW, then it went to the Opens, now you're at the Elites? Or how did that kind of play out? Yeah,
1: I mean, so like, growing up you know the team tournaments the night tournaments were kind of the thing and and it kind of just went from there you know when i was 16 they had a bfl at lake norman and i fished it as a co-angler you have to be 16 i think i was 16 and four days old or something and uh finished 20 21st in that tournament i got 161 dollars and uh, what you think, you know, you're right <laughs> yeah So, and it just, I just kind of always stuck with the FLW stuff and, you know, just because it it had been working for me, um, you know, I took every level from BFL co-angler to FLW co-angler to Toyota series co-angler to Toyota series boater, BFL boater. I mean, I took all of those steps and had a lot of success in, in each one of those steps and in 2019, I won a lot of stuff that year, and um, you know, I always told myself that I never wanted—I never wanted to—to to go out and fish on the pro side on my own, own money. 2019, I won a lot of money, gave me, you know, probably enough to fish two or three years strictly on the money that I won. And that year, at that point, see, back in the day, you didn't have to qualify for FLW; you could just show up. you know pay your money and show up well at that point you kind of did have to qualify i did qualify i had the money uh yeah the the buyout happened i read the plan didn't like the plan at all i didn't want no part of it and i decided you know i was a little i was very down about it but said you know if i've got a future um in this industry i'm gonna have to go fish the opens well, that year there were only two divisions. Opens four tournaments each, four qualifiers from each division, four qualifiers from the overall. I only sign up for the Eastern Division. I go on, I win that first open. At that point, so I think it makes sense to sit, you know, sign up and hopefully I can get in the other division. Fortunately, COVID hit, the whole world went stupid, and I was able to get in the um, the other division go on, win angler of the year, and qualify for the elites. So, funny thing, Neil, about that is if I don't win that first open, I don't get an overall. Um, if I don't get an overall, I don't qualify. So, yeah, I mean, it just kind of went there. It was, uh, you know, of course, I go on, I win my first elite that I fish, and, you know, it was, uh, it's been really good ever since. This year was pretty bad all year until the last event uh finished third fourth, third. i think i don't know really good and um yeah we kind of got the train back on the tracks but that's kind of what led me to the elites um you know it was i was comfortable where i was at i hit a uh you know a brick wall and uh that was the end of that road and i had to take a different path and you know
0: oh it was definitely the
1: best path
0: Hey, Amen. And now you're at the elites, which is like prime time, right? I mean, how much different is the competition in the elites compared to other tournaments uh, that you fish in or fished in the past?
1: You know, it, it's truly amazing. I always heard, you know, all oh, these guys just always catch man. and you know, it's not just the elites. And, and when people say these are the best anglers in the world, like it's some of the best anglers in the world, but you know, at the end of the day, some of the best anglers in the world don't want to do this or don't have the opportunity to do this. So, when people say that, they're right to an extent. But um, that being said, the competition on the elites, you know, it's it's stiff. Like the guys catch them. I mean, they catch them. You know, in the the A stuff that I fished throughout the years, yeah, a lot of guys catch them, but you know, you a lot of them don't. And sometimes you're part of that. <laughs> but you get to the elites, everybody catches them.
0: I love it. I love it. And so you mentioned that you won your first elite um, tournament out there. So that's 2021 AFCO Bassmaster Elite on the St. John's River, correct? Yep. And you won that with 10 pounds to spare. And you dropped a 26-bag day the final day to secure that win, which I believe is either the highest bag in the day or the second highest bag in that day um in that tournament. So tell me a little bit about that whole kind of experience um starting from day 1 and kind of going throughout the days and then that last day to bring it back home like that and just secure the win on that. How does that, how does that feel? Like that's got to feel amazing.
1: Man, you know it it's it's a very hard thing to explain because it was my first elite like your first elite you worked your whole life to get here. It's a pretty big accomplishment to get here. All right. So you're excited just to be there. But you still want to do your job. Your job's not to show up. And um you know practice wasn't stellar, but you know I did the last day of practice kind of led me to the overall winning deal, which was flipping pads and um it was actually the perfect storm, you know, I've been I understand Florida that time of year. I I I've been to Florida every year since 2012 one or two times every year and I just I understand what works and what makes things happen down there that time of year we you know we had it was cold and we had a warming trend and I strictly I I planned my practice on that that warming trend that was leading into the tournament in the last morning of practice I started flipping pads and um I only got a few bites. but well, that last afternoon I started getting bites. And that's what ultimately led me led me to it because it was just happening at that point. Um and uh yeah, so day one we have a like a two hour and fifteen minute fog delay, maybe three hours, I can't remember. And that's a crazy way to start your elite tournament career. But I went down south, made a long run, only caught a few fish and I hit a shell bar on my way back and to fill out my limit and uh, you know, that's kind of, that's what kept me alive in that tournament, having that shell bar. Business owners and marketing professionals in the Philly area, Bad Rhino takes the overwhelm out of digital marketing. With tailored digital marketing services, from social media management to SEO and PPC advertising, our expert team navigates the complexities of the digital ad space for your business. Let Bad Rhino lead you to success. Visit BadRhinoInc.com and let's take your business to new heights. Bad Rhino, we do digital marketing so you don't have to.
0: You hit a limit every day, right? You got five fish every day in that tournament. (laughs) I did. I did. So, you know, that
1: first day I, I almost (laughs) come in with, I don't remember if it was two or three fish, but I stopped and hit that shell bar and I only weighed in a hand you know, four or five pounds off of that thing. But without those four or five pounds, I don't make the top 10. So day two, I wound up, um, I started on the shell bars. I had a handful that I was fishing and I caught a decent limit. And uh, you know, then I went, I went down south and started flipping pads, and I caught, you know, somewhere around twenty pounds, eighteen, nineteen. I don't remember what it was now. So come back in, move up. Uh, not really sure what place I was in. I, yeah, after the second day, I was in the top ten. I remember that. So whatever that was. Well, day three, I still don't really know how good the the pad deal is flipping the pads start on the shell bars again i catch my 13 14 pounds which 13 14 pounds was not a bad bag in that tournament um and you know I, i'm paying forty five thousand dollars in entry fees securing a ten thousand dollar check you know this being my first tournament like it's pretty important so i knew I could do that on those shell bars Fortunately, you know, I did it quick enough that I can, I can still go out and, and, and fish for the the big fish, the spawning fish and the pads. That third day, actually, we, uh, sorry about that. All good. That third day, we actually had a big storm come in and I almost decided not to run down through it. I stopped, fished another shell bar on my, on my way running down and, uh, looked at the radars. Seen it was going to be passing in a few minutes, so fortunately I ran down there. And I mean, as soon as I sit down, like the first seven pads I fish, I catch seven pretty good ones. <laughs> or I think it was—I think it was a, around seven pads, like isolated individual pads. It was like five or six out of those seven that I I caught a nice one out of. And then day four, I just completely forgot about the shell bars. You just went
0: straight, straight lily pads, yeah?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, it's top ten. I know I'm not going to catch the quality, the size fish that I need to win on the shell bars, and uh, you know that's the final day, and that's still that's your last chance to climb up the leaderboard.
0: So that last day, did you hit them all like in a certain span of time, or was it kind of trip throughout the day? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that.
1: Hold on, hold on a second. Yep. Hey, yep. I'm so, like, mom. I... My dog's take after my wife.
0: Uh, what was your question? No, yeah, so um that final day, um with were all your fish kind of caught in like a, a certain span of time, or did was it spread out throughout the day? but you were kind of on the edge like, oh man, am I going to win this thing or are these fish going to bite or
1: Oh, yeah, I mean, it was it happened quick. Like I got a, a decent limit fairly quick and actually you know, I guess 16 pounds would have won it. So I got to that within an hour, a couple hours. And uh, obviously I didn't know that was enough to win. I thought I needed, you know, mid twenties and, you know, I I did wind up catching that, but I didn't know, like I caught two, my two biggest ones were the last two I caught and they were later in the day. I had made a little short move um, and to get me to 26, I probably had, 21 or 22 before that um so I I knew I was going to move up the leaderboard with you know just having those 20 low 20s and uh, when I caught those last two big ones it was uh like I knew something special was happening I knew I had a good chance but I still never thought that I had it won and um you know that it was lake george i had to run across lake george and it got pretty rough you know it it can get pretty rough the wind was getting up so i decided to run back um we had a storm blowing in and i wanted to give me plenty of time where i could take it easy across george and uh you know not beat my fish to death and kill them and when i'm running across george at that time I, i ran an ipad at my console for google earth and um You know, since then I've found better ways to do that. But, you know, I get text messages on my iPad just as well as my phone and and my screen lights up. Well, you know, we can't communicate um, with others so it's not like I could legally be reading text, but it just lights up and it catches my attention and I just look down at it just because it caught my attention and the whole screen's full of text. And it was like, congratulations, get back, don't bless, all this stuff. And I like, holy crap. Well, you know, a lot of people say stuff and think you're going to win when they watch live, but a lot of times, you know, they don't really realize how things actually happen. You know, there's still time at the end. People may actually have more than they say they do. Well, I seen one, Brian Thrift text. me, and I was like, if he's texting me, I'm going to win, you know, and my dogs are going to bark. But <laughs> so, yeah, I'm running across Georgia's pouring down rain. And like, I know I probably won after seeing that Thrift text me that, you know, knowing that he couldn't communicate, he was just excited, you know, because uh, I mean, he's a huge part of my success. And uh, we just spent so many years in the boat, and uh, it was a it was a pretty special moment.
0: No, that's awesome. I know uh, Mark Mendez had a, a similar story too about when he won his first elite series. And it was um it's pretty cool that cause your story and his story kind of relate to each other where he didn't want anyone to tell him that he won until he actually won. And yeah. he kept thinking that everyone was messing with him, like hey, people were coming up and say congrats. And he was like, Don't don't do that to me. Yeah. <laughs> don't tell me that yet uh, let, let me just let's weigh the fish first
1: <laughs> yeah yeah you know there are situations where somebody thinks somebody's gonna win and it's just so close but whenever I got back and I you know got checked in I looked at bass track I seen what it said I seen I was so far ahead of everyone else then I actually started talking to the guys I actually started looking in their bags at that point I knew I was gonna win you know it was so far ahead Uh, I knew there was, you know, unless somehow I get disqualified for doing something I didn't know I I did, I knew I was going to win. It was pretty, pretty, pretty cool deal.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. So let's let's switch it up here. I know uh, your home lake is Lake Murray, and uh, it's one of those lakes I've never been on, but I've heard a billion stories about Lake Murray. Um, What are you seeing down there that's been working recently? Um, Is there anything like different kind of going on down there? Um, how's the fish quality, that kind of stuff. I
1: mean, since we fished it for the elites, I haven't been out there. I haven't had a chance. I know they're still catching them. Um, but yeah, I mean, Murray's is a phenomenal lake. I mean, it's, it's one of the best lakes in the Southeast. Um, but yeah, like the Deal is, is very strong and, uh, you know, I, I didn't do very good in the elite, you know, just it wasn't my time and a lot of things went wrong, but, um, yeah i mean like a zoom super fluke a walking bait and i got a new bait coming out by spro It's a you know a swim a a hard swim bait multi-jointed hard swim bait and uh you know those three things when i think it's going to be released at icast um those three baits are going to be they are really good they're not going to be they already are but um yeah the the heron spawn is kind of over now they're starting to move out farther just a little bit deeper get to the cane piles and um you know the swim bait is going to be called the sashimi swimmer um and like through product testing last fall late summer and fall out here on the cane piles it was like you could catch them on a walking bait, you catch on the fluke but it was amazing how much better the sashimi was and uh it's going to be a huge player
0: any, is it anything like the uh, Chad Shad that they just dropped? No, it's completely different.
1: You know, the Chad Shad's like a glide. This is more of a straight reel. It's a lot faster bait, a lot smaller than the Chad Shad. Um, it, it's it's a hair a hair fisherman. It's a hair and fisherman swim bait, but you know, it's that's what it's designed for. But it's good in a lot of other situations as well. You know, I've thrown. This style of bait for years, just going down the bank um, like you would a topwater, um, especially when the wind's blowing, it's, 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 it really shines a lot, especially spotted bass lakes. It's, it's phenomenal just going down the bank, and, and I think it's going to be good on smallmouth as well, you know, the shallower flats and stuff for smallmouth.
0: Cool, man. Definitely looking forward to that because I'll be down at ICAST this year, so definitely going to check that out and stop by the booth and see what you guys got cooking over there. For sure. That's awesome. So, Brian, I appreciate you jumping on. I always like to end these podcasts with uh, what's your PB largemouth, uh, what's your PB smallmouth, and then um, if you want to add in spotted bass there, too, because I know a lot of guys fish for them, too. Um, go ahead. Yeah,
1: so on my birthday, it's a pretty cool story. It was Lake Murray, the year I met my wife, uh, 2019. I was down here staying at her place, um, practicing for a tournament on Murray, and the uh, on my birthday, February twenty first, very first cast of the day, called a nine biggest large mouth I've ever caught. But it was just cool. It was like I got went to the water was like ten foot low. Nine, I think it was nine foot low. The first ramp I went to that morning, I actually tried to put my boat in and got my truck and my boat stuck. I couldn't get the boat, the trailer deep enough to get the tra- the boat off, so I had to get somebody to pull me out. Wound up going to another ramp, put in. Uh, my my boss at the time called me. I'm talking to him on the phone. I'm cruising down the lake. and Oh, that looks good. So I pull over there. I looked down at my 360, or I picked up a crankbait, and I looked down at my 360 and seen some rocks a little deeper. So I pick, put that rod down, picked up another rod with a little bit deeper crankbait. And on the first cast, it loads up. So this is a great big one, but I don't think it's a bass. But I couldn't figure out what it was because it wasn't running like a striper. It wasn't spinning like a catfish. And then like, it's super low light. It's basically almost still dark and the water's dirty. When I caught first caught a glimpse of it, I just see this great big white fish. And I was like, i never heard of anybody catching a drum here. So I thought it was a drum. And then I got another glimpse of it. It was not a drum. Stolen balls. I had to call him back, got the fish in. It was really exciting. It was a cool deal. Cool story. But, yeah, uh, I don't know. Smallmouth has got to – I know I weighed in a six even at uh, St. Lawrence last year. Um, I actually lost one bigger than that, a lot bigger than that that same day. And then, what I say a lot, it was, it was not over seven, but it was still a lot bigger than a six. Uh, and I, I don't know, maybe somewhere close to five for for spotted bass. Nice. Nice. Cool, cool largemouth story for sure. Yeah, it was it was fun. Like that was uh, you know, even if I catch a bigger one, it's kind of going to be hard to top that story.
0: Yeah, I love it. Awesome, Brian. Um, you can take the time too here to shout out any social medias that you got. Um, if you got a website too, shout that out. And also feel free to shout out any sponsors too, like uh spread that you kind of mentioned.
1: Yeah, you know, just anybody wants to follow me, it's just Brian New Fishing on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, you know, I'm a. Uh, kind of tell it how it is kind of guys one day it's going to get me in trouble like i don't sugar cake stuff and uh probably say more than i should from time to time but i like to think i'm a little entertaining so if you want a good laugh or call me an idiot follow me and uh yeah every now and again i put out some good some good tips uh some stuff i try to keep to myself as long as i can but yeah i um you know Look, really looking forward to the release of that sashimi from Spro and, you know, got a lot of other great companies I work with. So, uh, yeah, give me a follow and um, hopefully we can share some fish stories down the road.
0: Awesome, Brian. I appreciate it. Thanks for taking the time again to jump on here. Good luck in the uh, future Elite Series that are coming up too.
1: Appreciate it, man. I'm going to get back to rigging for the big bad Sabine. getting,
0: him, get him, buddy. Get him. See you, buddy. <laughs> You just listened to the Fishing Fanatics podcast with your host, Eric Stewart. Feel free to check out our other podcasts and our other interviews on our channel, on Spotify, YouTube, and much more. Check out our Instagram page, TikTok, and Facebook as well.